2: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I know many of you are working today. Some of you, many of you also not working. We try to come in and work on as many different holidays as we can. Labor Day, we were here. President's Day, I bet we'll be here. I don't think very many of us will be taking President's Day off. Uh, the Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day, if you live in New York or LA, uh, we were here and MLK Day. We're also uh, going to be here breaking down everything that's going on in the world at large. And Buck, for many people out there, they are picking up on the latest drumbeat of division that is being spread. And I want, I want to talk about this story because of the significance of it but also because it seems quite clear to me that Democrats are on the run. They were supposed today, Buck, this was the deadline that Chuck Schumer put in place to vote on the voting rights bill as well as a modification of the filibuster in the Senate. They now have scrapped that deadline. At some point this week, the voting rights changes that the Democrats wanted to put in place as well as their filibuster changes will go up. In smoke because two Democratic senators have said no to the idea of changing the filibuster. Senator Manchin from West Virginia and Senator Sinema of Arizona. And as you look at the data points, we talked some about Glenn Youngkin being inaugurated, and that is a very visible representation of how things are moving rapidly against the Democratic Party. Joe Biden, 33 percent approval rating in the most recent Quinnipiac poll. Uh, The biggest advantage that Gallup has on record right now for the Republican Party, a five-point advantage in terms of the national mood, Uh, the biggest advantage that the Republican Party has had since 1994-ish, when obviously the, the big win, the landslide election against Bill Clinton in the midterm in 1994, Newt Gingrich gets swept into the House of Representatives, that is where we are looking right now, as we move towards the midterms in 2022. And Democrats see all this—that bright, shining light that they are seeing in the in the in the uh, in the, in, the, in the, out in front of them. It is not the pearly gates. It's not a uh, a positive thing. It is a train, and it is going to flatten them. And so, Buck, what is the way to combat this? It is to try to seed internal division with republicans and the best way to do that is to go after two of the top uh, republican hierarchy right now both down in the state of florida as we speak the headline at the washington post who is king of florida tensions rise between trump and desantis over what desantis might or might not do in 2024 but ultimately, this is about trying to create a side story from the failures that are going on right now in the Democratic Party. And so the easiest solution, I think, really, Buck, is if Trump were to first of all, DeSantis has to win reelection in 2022 as governor, which I think he will. And if Trump then decided immediately to say, hey, I want Ron DeSantis to be my, my vice presidential running mate. I think that probably would be a union that many people out there right now listening to us would enjoy. Then DeSantis will have to decide, hey, do I want to run against Trump in 2024? But that's a long way into the future. Right now, they're trying to use it as a distraction for the upcoming
4: midterms. Yeah, there's just no upside here. And we all understand the people that are trying to manipulate the conversation in order to create... A rift in the Republican Party. I mean, there's no upside in in, in getting into a DeSantis versus Trump situation. Look, they're they're both bring a lot to the political table. Uh, I I still think that it's likely that if Trump decides to run again, he'll be the nominee and the party will go, uh, will, will rally behind him. Trump is also at an age where that's a real consideration for him. And two years when you're in your mid 70s is very different from two years when you're in your 50s or even your 60s. So we'll see where he is. And in many ways, one of the best possible outcomes here could be if Trump decides on his own that he wants the MAGA, uh, the MAGA machine, if you will, to anoint a, a new uh, leader, in a sense. And that would be Ron DeSantis and have the full backing of Trump and all that he brings to bear. With Ron DeSantis, who obviously he's about I think he's actually your age, Clay. He's a yeah. few years older than me. I think he's 42, 43. I mean, so he's young for uh, someone to even be talked about as a president. He's young for a governor. And so that's what I I think that's how this plays out. And everyone should be careful playing into the left's hands here because what they would want to see, you know, Trump is like a grizzly bear. You know, even if you win a wrestling match with a grizzly bear, you're going to be really cut up and maybe, you know, you don't make it a few days later. We do not want Ron DeSantis and Trump going at each other. We want them fighting against the commie apparatus and and they're going to do everything they can to try to create this divide and conquer strategy in Florida. So I just think that conservatives should be on guard against it. Everyone should understand that there's no good. It's not like they're trying to help us clarify the future of the GOP. There's there's no good intention here when the New York Times writes about this. They're trying to poke Trump. They're hoping that they can create a perception that Trump is being unseated by the DeSantis folks in some way as the heir apparent or whatever that may be. And we just sit here and there's there's no need. There's no need for that. If Trump is going to run again, I think the party unites behind him. If the, if the former president decides that it's time to anoint a successor, that would be great too.
2: I also think DeSantis has to be super, super smart in not allowing himself to get dragged into something other than the governor race going on in November. Because it's easy, I understand, for uh, for the media to get focused on something beyond running for the governor of Florida. Because, I, candidly, I think that most in the media are recognizing that DeSantis is going to win relatively easily. I I know how combative elections are in Florida and how even they are, but I think Ron DeSantis is going to win by this is my prediction, a couple hundred thousand votes minimum in the state of Florida. He won I believe by around 30 or 40,000 votes, 50,000, something low. I think it was 30 or 40,000 in that massive knockdown drag out race Hugh against Andrew Andrew Gillum, Gillum,
4: which by the way, Good heavens. I mean, the fact that that race was as close as it is, is stunning when you think about it.
2: No doubt. And imagine this is one of those things where it's it's really difficult to even contemplate. But what would the United States of America look like if Andrew Gillum wins that election and is the governor of Florida when COVID starts? I'm not kidding about this, Buck. I think Andrew Gillum would have locked down Florida like New York and California were locked down and people could say well there still would have been other states that would have potentially looked at the data and looked at the science and tried to stay open I-, I think it's it's hard to it's hard to understate the amount of shrapnel that Ron DeSantis took as the tip of the spear being willing to look at all of the data and say Florida is staying open in a state that is relatively even, right, in terms of Democrats and Republicans in that state. And so, so many other governors and other political figures, when they saw that DeSantis was taking the stand that he was, and I think, by the way, one reason he was willing to take the stand, this guy's really smart, okay? I mean, he went to Yale, and then he went to Harvard Law School, and he trusts his ability to look at the data and actually make decisions, whereas I think a lot of politicians are not as confident in their own intellect and they're not going to look at the data themselves and make rational decisions buck i would even say this about you and me one reason why we've been comfortable looking at the data and having opinions about covid like we have is because we trust our ability to analyze that data i think there's a lot of people in media who just look to see which way the wind is blowing and they follow those trend lines right and i think that happens in politics
4: in a big way too Yeah. I mean, I was briefing the president in the Oval Office for the first time when I was 27 because I was pretty good at analyzing data. So, uh, and, you know, you've built a media empire because you're pretty good at analyzing data. And so when people like Jen Psaki get all snarky with us, (laughs) you want to say to yourself, uh, I, I think we can handle assessing what's working and what's not when you can see it as clearly as you do, whether it's about, you know, school masking or any number of issues. But DeSantis, I think, deserves a lot of credit because remember, it wasn't, it it wasn't as easy in the early days. They were suggesting that he was, he was literally murdering people, is what the narrative was from the left. It wasn't he has a different approach or he's not being as cautious, cautious as he should be. They were calling him Death Santis. And, and I will say, you know, one area, the first 60 days of the pandemic, you know, it was a different, we didn't know, and there was a lot. But I I think that you know Fauci should have been fired, and I think that there are areas where uh, the Trump administration also got a bit distracted because of the rise of BLM and all that, which was happening in the summer of 2020. Where people yes. forget this now, you know, you had these, these two major issues um, roll that you know deal that the administration was dealing with at the same time. And you know, I I believe right now um, that the most important thing, as I've said, is Republican states show that, and, and it shows through the data, but also through where people are voting with their feet and where are people moving. You brought up how Florida will be a place that Ron DeSantis wins by more votes. I think in part that will be driven by friends of my own brothers. My, my one brother is a permanent Florida resident and the other one is, you know, thinking of be trying to, to make that happen and, and working through the logistics of it. But my own family members are now Florida residents or a family member, I should say, is a Florida resident. He's going to be casting his vote for Ron DeSantis and there are Tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people just like him because the decisions that were made had consequences. We saw the results. And ultimately, everybody should be reminded of this, too. DeSantisism. We talk about Fauciism. DeSantisism was right. Yes. Fauciism was wrong. And they will never accept this and they will never admit this because of the immediate threat that it poses to their power, um, the immediate realities of what that would do. There's no doubt, Buck, and and I would say this: you're talking about the
2: early days of the pandemic. Uh, I went down to uh, I went down to Florida with my family in early May, and there were there was literally a, a lawyer down there walking around dressed as the Grim Reaper on the beach, getting tons of media attention. You may remember this, criticizing DeSantis to the high heavens for opening the beach back up, Buck, the outdoor beach. Where you could sit, you're, you know, in the sunshine, maybe the safest place that you could possibly have been during COVID. Probably sitting at the beach, nice little breeze going on, uh, with a, as much vitamin D as you can possibly get. There was a guy walking around dressed as the Grim Reaper, and the media was covering him as if he was a savant. Unbelievable.
4: That's where we were. That's where we were. Interest rate hikes are coming, folks. Three, maybe four this year. And they could happen as early as March, making now the time to cut down on your debt and spend less on interest. It just takes one call to American Financing to learn more. Because their salary-based mortgage consultants look at your entire financial picture, finding every way to help you save up to $1,000 a month. That's an extra $12,000 a year plus tens of thousands long term. So why not learn more? The call is free. There's no obligation, no hidden fees. You've really got nothing to lose. Plus, if you start now, you may be able to close in as fast as 10 days and skip to mortgage payments. Call American Financing right now. Clay, how do people get hooked up?
2: All they got to do with your phones, 800-777-8109. That's 800-777. Get your phones in your hand, 8109. One more time. 800-777-8109. You can also visit americanfinancing.net and mls182334 and org.
4: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
2: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
4: You can look to precious metals for various reasons.
2: Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We value the heroes from our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency medical professionals, and other government service personnel. So does an American company whose entire mission is built around serving this deserving group. GovX.com. If you've served our country in one of these types of jobs, go to GovX.com and join the community today. It's easy and totally
4: free. GovX members get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands that honor your service. Brands like Oakley, Vortex Optics, Yeti, Under Armour, and many more. You'll also save big on sports tickets, entertainment, and travel. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for everything you need on or off duty. GovX donates a portion of every order
2: to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. More than eight million people are already saving every day through GovX.
4: Visit GovX.com and use code Buck in the shopping cart to get an extra fifteen dollars off your first order. GovX savings for those who serve. Bare shelves, Biden. That's what they're calling. Welcome back to Clay and Buck Show. You may have noticed this, and if you haven't seen it yourself in a grocery store, perhaps at uh, you know another another establishment where you're trying to purchase goods, but particularly when it comes to groceries, there's just been a lot of empty space on shelves that people aren't used to seeing. And so, hashtag bare shelves. Biden will get uh, it. Won't trend necessarily because, of course, you know they don't want anything bad about Biden to be trending on social media. Good heavens, the the apparatus could never have that. But people are seeing it. And it's real and there are photos and there's proof of it happening. And I know they want to tell you that this is because of the greedy meat producers, although I guess they suddenly became greedy when Biden became president, but weren't really greedy before. That's very convenient. Here is the former CEO of Walmart, Bill Simon, talking about the supply chain crisis.
0: It's a shocking and unmitigated disaster right now. Our shelves and our stores look like the Soviet Union in 1972. And it's honestly a shock to, to Americans. It's never happened in our lifetime. We're facing a collaborative disaster happening all at once, a tangled mess of wires. You know, we have a, a backup at the ports and we have rising wages and we have, uh, you know, all kinds of things that are happening that are that are really just dis- Pushing upward pressure on prices And the upward pressure on prices Usually means that demand is reduced uh, And supply increases So there should be
4: more product on the shelves And so we've got sort of this double whammy happening I Clay, I think that the former CEO of Walmart Probably knows something about keeping the shelves stocked
2: What's fascinating to me is how many of these former CEOs Are willing to speak truth but how few current CEOs are willing to do the same. If you remember the uh, the testimony they had from the CEOs of the airlines, do you remember, I believe it was Southwest and American Airlines, both of those CEOs are retiring, and so they felt comfortable saying that there was really no purpose to masks on airplanes, but none of the current CEOs would say anything because they don't want to end up in some sort of political controversy. And now the former CEO of Walmart is willing to say what, frankly, many people listening to us right now have seen as they go out and shop for their usual goods at the grocery store, at places like Walmart and, uh, and Costco and Sam's of the world, that there are major supply chain issues that are not going away. And uh, if anything, they're actually continuing to get worse we're already at 7% inflation. Now China, Buck, is having to start to shut down many parts of its country because Omicron is spreading there, too. And this COVID-0 strategy that has been embraced. Basically, is China the only country in the world that feels like still trying to embrace a COVID-0 strategy? Now, we know they lie about numbers, but New Zealand and Australia have effectively abandoned that, that, that plan, that, that goal. It feels like China is one of the last places to do it, and they're having to shut down some of our supply chain disruptions or cause now because of China COVID issues.
4: Clay, this is something that they can pretend has nothing to do with Biden, and they can try to explain away why we have the shortages and why we have the rising inflation we do and all these things. But from the very beginning, I know you've been making a lot of comparisons between Biden and Jimmy Carter. Uh, Ultimately, people are going to react to what they see and feel, and the rationalizations that are offered up by the regime, by the Biden regime, aren't going to be enough. They're seeing bare shelves, they see the gas prices, they see the inflation that's happening, the obsession with raising taxes and increasing spending from the Democrats, and people are starting to put it together. Not everybody. Remember, 30% of the country, and we'll get the data on this in the next hour, just based on their COVID ideas, are completely insane, right? And, and that 30% is insane on economics, too. But I think what we're seeing here is a Biden, regime. they they don't know how to make this better. They don't know how to make this stop. When we come back,
2: we will break down this situation that happened over the weekend at a synagogue in Texas. Some of the details, I want to get your impressions uh, on what the FBI
4: might be saying and thinking and doing. But first, Buck, what you got for us? We know you love freedom and you want to defend it. You do defend it by the information you seek and the conversations you have. We also know you love and respect the Constitution and what it stands for. So do we. And it's the same with faculty and staff at Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it's working to make this education available to all. They offer free online courses, and they make a serious commitment to helping support great K-12 schools. But today we want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free each month. You can join them by subscribing at clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. Again, that's go to clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. No strings attached. clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. You'll get Imprimus for free. It's an amazing publication. Go check it out. Welcome
2: back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Hope you are all having a fantastic MLK Day. Many of you may be having a holiday. A lot of you are working like we are, breaking down everything in the world that took place over the weekend. And Buck, a big story that took place over the weekend was in Texas, where a uh, I think it's fair to say a Muslim fundamentalist, a Muslim terrorist, however you want to classify this guy, went into a Texas synagogue, took four Jewish people hostage. you can correct me if I'm wrong on any of these uh, details. I think I've got them all wrong, uh, demanded the release of a uh, a prisoner who is uh, in prison because of terror related issues. And uh, thankfully, thankfully this story ended with the four uh, would-be hostages escaping. And uh, the FBI was able to uh, to this guy said he had a bomb, said he was going to blow things up. It was an uh, hours and hours long hostage standoff that ended with this individual being uh, shot and killed by authorities who had responded to try and uh, and and free the four hostages. Again, the hostages got away. Uh, there was no loss of life of innocent people, but almost immediately, Buck, and I want to get your expertise here on. An issue such as this from an FBI perspective, almost immediately there was the story that was put out, and I think this story is going to, uh, to disappear quite quickly, that there was no, uh, that they, they tried to argue that there was no hate involved in this story, and for most people out there, when you hear a Muslim terrorist takes four Jewish people inside of a synagogue, I should mention, in a synagogue hostage and demands the release of another muslim terrorist it's not a big leap to suggest that these four jewish people inside of the synagogue were targeted because of their religious faith directly and so the the attempt to try and turn this into something that was not related to the religious aspect involved here
4: struck many people as totally disingenuous and dishonest. So the FBI came out and said that the Texas synagogue hostage takers' demands were, quote, not specifically, I'm sorry, were specifically focused on issues not connected to the Jewish community. That was the statement that got people understandably upset. Now, just to put this in context, let's all remember that the Pulse nightclub shooter, uh, Omar Mateen, if memory serves, was yelling about how he was doing this for ISIS and for Allah and for the Islamic State and because he's like a mujahideen, a holy holy warrior. And in the initial transcript the FBI released, they blacked out those words, all right, because yeah. they thought it would be inflammatory. This is, this is the real explanation that they give. Now, that was under the Obama administration. But what everyone has to understand here is that wokeness has infiltrated not just the military uh, at the very top level, But also the entire security, uh, security state of this country. Um, the security apparatus has a whole lot of people in it who now have to take into account wokeness and social justice and all these other concepts that are being taught in these terrorism. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, Clay. So I was in the CIA's counterterrorism center and, and was, uh, and spent a year at the NYPD intelligence division, uh, while, while I was a CIA. Anyway, I was, I was on a rotation. And, um, you would have these trainings sometimes, and it was always, you know, the training was always about a guy named Bob Smith or, you know, a guy named, you know, Bob, uh, you know, Bob Davis or, you know, they're some guy who didn't like the government. <laughs> so, yes. you know, he's an anti government. All all the terrorism modules. White guy did who doesn't
2: like the government.
4: We're always, always an anti government terrorist. And this was at a time, you gotta remember, this is over 10 years ago. We were having attack after attack after attack by jihadist terrorism. Now, I know that's gone down dramatically, but it hasn't, gone away entirely. So so here's what happens in a situation like this. If you're a senior FBI officer or senior FBI uh whatever the special agent in charge, I was never FBI, so I don't know all their all their terminology. Um you don't want to be the guy who is seen to have said something here that is Islamophobic. That will destroy your career. I know up on Fox News for example, they have a lot of Jewish leaders and Jewish organizations who are saying that what this agent in charge said is anti-Semitic, and, and I actually don't think that's really the 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 exact analysis of this. The attack was anti-Semitic hatred, clearly. That's why he yes. went. That's why this terrorist went and grabbed a synagogue. But the reason the FBI tries to play the game with this is the same reason that the media and the Democrat apparatus are playing games with the Waukesha mass murder, which is that when the perpetrator is a person of color and when the perpetrator is also a person of what's considered a uh, a religious faith that is always under assault by the by the um, majority in America they think it is their goal to 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 push people away from thinking that that's actually who committed this or that that's involved in some way so what they what they were really talking about you mentioned this was Afia Siddiqui, who for people who come from the counterterrorism world i mean she's been She was uh, sentenced to decades and decades in prison over over a decade ago. I think it was in 2010. She was uh, she was shot in the abdomen while trying. I mean, it's like she's a neuroscientist from Pakistan. It's a whole saga. I mean, I actually would have to spend a lot of time going into the details on this person. But people consider to be uh, a Al Qaeda linked straight up jihadist lady Al Qaeda is how people have referred to her in the past. She was on the. Um, uh, she, she's made it onto, onto terrorism watch list that no other female ever made it onto. So the FBI seeking information terrorism list. So, I mean, all this stuff, if you Google it, will come up, and there's just all this information that comes out at you. But the, the knee-jerk reaction, Clay, of the FBI to make it seem like, oh, don't worry, this wasn't Islamic terrorism, this was something else, it just goes to show you that this is the absurd thinking now of people all over the security apparatus in this country. Buck,
2: think about this. This is my legal training because we all, as lawyers, subtly alter fact patterns to try to determine what the reaction would be. If a white evangelical, let's just say a white oath keeper, right? A member of the oath keepers had taken four members of a Jewish synagogue hostage, and had been demanding the release of a January 6th inmate. Somebody who is being held, I think, 83 people who were uh, arrested on January 6th are still being held. How would the media have covered this story compared to the way they did with it being a, theoretically, Muslim terrorist? Instead of a Muslim terrorist, it's a white, oath-keeper And uh, as someone who supports January 6th prisoners being released, holds four Jewish people hostage all throughout the weekend, how would the media have covered it? It
4: would not only be the fault of everybody who is right-wing in America, they would be specifically writing think pieces right away, quote, think pieces, uh, about how Donald Trump was actually responsible for this anti-Semitism. Right away. Without any question. They would would use it it as a a club against their political enemies right away.
2: Number one story today on Martin Luther King Day would be the hate that still exists in America uh, that is driven by right-wing fundamentalist extremists, and uh, and they are the biggest threat that exists in the country today, even still. That would be the number one story that would be just, spread all throughout the
4: media. Just look at the difference in the coverage between this uh, and, say, the Jussie Smollett uh, hate incident, Right. Uh, The Jussie and remember someone died here It was the it was the bad yes. guy He was the only one who died, you know, fortunately under the circumstances. But this is a much more serious incident than even what Jesse Smollett said, which, as we know, didn't actually happen. And that was a national media firestorm, Jussie Smollett, where you had the top Democrats in the country weighing in and using this as a as a teachable. Whenever they say teachable moment, they actually mean a shut up right wingers and do what we tell you or else you're racist moment. But that was how that was treated. You look at this now. And you also look at, at Waukesha, and it, it's very frustrating because we, we they did exactly what I said they were going to, what we talked about here in the show, Clay, which is right after the Waukesha mass murder, which is a guy who, out of anti-white hatred, killed a whole bunch of people at a Christmas party, That's, that's or a Christmas parade, seems to be the only plausible uh, rationale for that, uh, or plausible um, motivation for that attack. Um, they just made it go away by not talking about it for a few days and moving on to something else. That's right. And the, and the FBI version of that now at the top level is, well, it wasn't really the Muslim terrorist who seized the synagogue threatening to kill Jews outside of Fort Worth, Texas, so that he could get the release of Afia Siddiqui, a Muslim terrorist who's been in prison for over a decade for trying to kill a lot of Americans, has nothing to do with Islam, basically, and Islamic terrorism. And, you know, this is the mindset. This is the immediate rationale that they use. And we see this time and again, and it's just... People have got to understand this. You know, they're trying to control the narrative and they don't care how stupid they look in their refusal to to state the obvious.
2: You don't just vote every November. You vote every month with the money you spend and the companies you spend it with. Consider your cell phone provider and the bill you're paying each month. The payment you make supports the candidates and issues they donate to. You have no say in that, though the candidate may be leftist pushing leftist agendas. But there's a solution. Pure Talk. Get your cell phone service from Pure Talk. They use the exact same towers, exact same 5G network as one of those companies making those donations. And with Pure Talk, you'll get the peace of mind that you're supporting a veteran-run business with employees all here in the U.S., proud to be customers for just that reason. That's why Buck and I both have Pure Talk. Their customer service, also fantastic. How do you get signed up right now, But
4: From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
2: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
4: 995-G-O-L-D. GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. Your orders make a meaningful impact. You can become a member in seconds. Signing up is fast and free. See if you
2: qualify. Visit govx.com. That's G O V X.com. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. That's GovX, code CLAY, G O V X, C L A Y By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community.
4: Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals.
2: With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.
4: Time to take some of your calls here on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. 800-282-2882 on those lines. top of the next hour, I'm just going to give you a little preview. We have... Some stunning poll uh, poll data from Rasmussen on what Democrats would be willing to institute for covid control as policy as if we can control covid. I mean, it's, it's preposterous, right? What this has shown, what Omicron has shown is stopping the spread is a fool's errand. It won't work. And so we should at least be willing to look at that reality now. But no, no, they would rather lock you up in your home. Maybe take your kids from you if you won't get vaccinated. That's real. We'll talk about this in a, in a moment. Plus, uh, Clay has a, an NBA sports owner with, shall we say, a, um, heck of a take from MLK. Heck day. of a take. We'll just say a heck of a take yes. on, uh, this MLK. China. We'll get to that in a moment on China. Jim in Lake Worth, Florida, just south of Palm Beach. What's up, Jim? Hey, guys. Great show, and thanks for uh, supporting all the people out there who have questions and have lost their their jobs as a result of the uh, COVID vaccine mandate. I live in Florida. I was employed by a Napa Valley winery. The interesting thing is I worked from a home office, and in November, I was terminated for not complying with the company's vaccine mandate. And to me, it's not only unfair, illogical, but now unconstitutional. So I feel a little validated with the Supreme court decision. Um, But still it's a very frustrating time. And and I appreciate all your commentary around people who, you know, who have lost their jobs and needed a little comfort by listening to your great show.
2: Well, I, I I admire anyone buck who has the courage of their convictions that they will refuse to be forced to do something that they don't believe is in their best interest. Uh, And Certainly, I think the Supreme Court has given a lot of people who are fortunate enough to live in red states some ammunition. I think one third of the hundred biggest employers in America right now have mandates, which means two thirds do not. I think the number that are going to have mandates after the Supreme Court decision is going to be much smaller than certainly it would have been with uh, the Supreme Court allowing this. Uh, But
4: I feel for the people who put their principles over their paycheck. Jesse, and Jim, thank you for a great call from Lake Worth, Florida. Jesse in uh, Oswego, New York? go, New York. You're
3: close, Clay Buck. It's O-we-go, New York. You're very close.
4: Oswego. All right. I, I'm a New Yorker who just learned about a town. Thank you, sir.
3: Oh, yep. It's, it was voted the smallest and coolest village in the nation, by the way, just to let you know.
4: Nice. I'm, I'm going will have to come check it out. Owego.
3: Who knew? Oh, yeah. You know, of all the things you were talking about in your first hour, you were talking about laws, rules, regulations, and especially this regulation, over the weekend was hilarious. The the FDA, Food and Drug Administration, they said they are no longer going to regulate French dressing. I mean, come on, you can't make this up out of everything going on in the planet. It's got to come down to French dressing.
4: Wait, so they I are or story. are not regulating they, the they're French? They're no
2: longer. I think they were regulating what was classified as French dressing, and they now – this yeah. is not, not a made-up story. They now are saying, hey, we don't need to be involved in regulation of French
4: dressing. Well, there we go. Um, Jesse, thank you for uh, for bringing this to our attention. I would say this. You know how – isn't it at the – bot? is it the FDA or the CDC – that always says, you know, consumption of raw or undercooked meat or whatever it is, you know, raw, undercooked things can cause foodborne illness. Do you know what I'm talking about at the beginning? Yeah, I think it's the FDA, yeah. It's like, what is this, folks? Like, this is these are the people who are in charge now. I mean, these are the people who are making these determinations for you. And it used to be that when, when someone like Fauci, when a useless bureaucrat would say, I don't know if you should eat those oysters, you know, sometimes oysters give you a bad tummy ache. All right, but like that doesn't mean we have to ban oysters, right? You know, we got to be willing to live on the edge a little bit here, friends. It's, it's got to you know, be a little. Buck,
2: the, the the CDC, speaking of the idiocy, even CNN has an article about that. I didn't realize this. The CDC is still recommending that no extracurricular activities be occurring effectively at schools, so no sports, no band, no nothing. And everyone in the whole country has just said, "Yeah, that's a ridiculous recommendation. We're not going to follow it." I don't know. Of any school district in America that's not allowing sports to be done or other extracurriculars at this point. But it's emblematic to the caller's point and to your point about the absurdity of these government
4: bureaucrats still trying to enforce, uh, day to day. Yeah, it's, it's, FDA, FDA, it's FDA, by the way, the, the risk on the menu. Yeah. But you know, when I see that, to me, it's like a reminder, don't be a wimpuck, order your steak rare. You know what I mean? Yes. Like go big or go home, right? You're in a restaurant, you're going to be, you're going to be chomping. By the way, are you, what is the, what is the Clay Travis, Favorite cut of meat? I'm gonna. I'm gonna oh, judge I usually you.
2: go with a fillet, medium rare. Is fillet my, uh, is my you, number fancy one man. choice. Do You have
4: your butler bring you the fillet? <laughs> no,
2: I mean I get a fillet <laughs> and I get a medium rare. I think it's the. Just I kidding. think it's the best possible well, steak.
4: Hey, fillet is a is very is very delicious. I go fillet some. I like the ribeye, which I feel like is the most decadent because it has the greatest degree of marbleization, i.e. fat in the meat uh, of most of
2: these. I am very pro-steak, so you're not going to get any criticisms from me in general. Although, the one thing I will say that I have disagreed with 100 billion percent that I have seen Trump do,
4: he gets his steak well done. It's the only thing I've never, I mean, I've never been able to people say, Buck, is that true? And I can't. I can't. So much of the Trumpster, I think, is so great. It's one thing I can't agree with the man on. Also, so I ketchup can't
2: defend the well done and ketchup on the steak too. I, I, the r- steak? I respect the ketchup. That's a, that's a that's a common man touch. But the getting your steak well done is uh, you you, you got to get it medium rare. That's that's the cut
4: of uh, champions. I think. Just gonna say. I think it's probably true. And in, and in fairness, I think if you're looking for pure flavor, you probably actually do go filet. But you could go porterhouse and therefore get a filet on the one side and i think it's a strip on the other right that's how the that's how oh, some that's, the,
2: that's above my steak knowledge i'm that's that's not how even aware pros it. go
4: yeah I, I actually cook a mean steak something we'll talk about another time folks what do your live neighbors want to do to you willing to do to you if you don't get the shot the Rasmus and polling on this will blow your minds up next
2: you're listening to clay travis and buck sexton on the
0: eib network